Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome back to the Unplayable Podcast. Australia has just won its second match of the T20 World Cup, defeating Sri Lanka by seven wickets with 18 balls to spare. My name is Josh Shonafinger, and it's a very good morning to Louis Cameron. Hello, Louis. Hello, Josh. How are you going? Gee, we're a long way. It feels like a long way from Dubai here in Melbourne. We're cold and wet and pretty miserable, uh, and it's pretty much the opposite of that. It's not miserable. It's dry and it's hot. Over in uh, over in Dubai, where Australia have, as you said, won that game with uh, with some ease in the end. Although they were really tested at, at different points in that game, they certainly were. Sri Lanka got off to a flying start, really came out of the blocks hard, uh, and it was uh, Cherith Asalanka who probably a lot of us hadn't heard of before, but made a real impression and took the attack to the Aussie bowlers at the start. He was absolutely fantastic to watch, Josh. I, I thought when uh, when. Australia got their first wicket through Cummins and Patum Nisanka was was on his way mm-hmm. um, quite early on. I thought, you know, here we go. They might really struggle with the pace. But Asalanka was brilliant. He absolutely electrified the game, I thought. I mean, he took 19 of his first six legal deliveries. One of them was a no ball, which was uh, his the first ball he faced off, off Pat Cummins that he um, pulled to the, to the square leg boundary. He then dispatched the next one with a kind of check drive over mid-off. Um, it was really amazing to watch, and they were absolutely flying. They were one for 78, uh, just having a look here at the, at the fall of wickets in the in the 10th over before Zampa and Stark really put the brakes on. It, it was just electrifying batting um, from the Sri Lankans early. Yeah, if you haven't heard of Trith Asalanka before, that's probably fair enough. He'd only played one T20 for Sri Lanka before this tournament, uh, and then leading into the Super 12s, he'd scored five, six, and eight. So hardly setting the world on fire, and then he got 80 not out against Bangladesh, and he took that form into this match. And uh, as you said, some of those um, shots off Pat Cummins were electrifying and a massive six off Glenn Maxwell the following over. Yeah, and around the halfway mark of that Sri Lankan innings, it looked like there were some issues kind of starting to appear in um, in Australia's bowling plan. Maxwell was brought on early in the yep. power play and he had great success against South Africa. He basically got hit out of the attack. He went for 16 off his first and only over, um, 15 off his first three balls. So he did well to... <laughs> to uh, to rein it back a little bit. But uh, it meant Stoinis had to bowl the makeup of those those overs and he he actually went for, for quite a few at the end too. So we'll touch a little bit on that later. But um, at, at that point, it it, um, it really did look like it was all going Sri Lanka's way. It took some fantastic bowling, firstly from Adam Zampa uh, and then from Mitchell Stark to, to kind of change the, the narrative there. Yeah, you're right. Adam Zampa was eventually awarded player of the match. He took two for 12 off his four overs and had 12 dot balls. So he only went for dots, singles or a wicket. It was a pretty incredible performance when everyone else was sort of getting tapped at that point. 
He did. Uh, Dale Stone wants to invest in his Byron Bay property as well. I noticed he said on the uh, on the broadcast. Uh, Dale Stone looking great in a in a Panama hat. He looked yes. like he might fit in in Byron Bay. Uh, <laughs> the way he was dressed tonight. Um, the most yeah. The most interesting part about Zampa: twelve runs came off his twenty four balls. Twelve of them were singles. They didn't score anything. They didn't even score a boundary. They didn't score a two. Uh, it was it was really fascinating bowling. Uh, the Rongans in particular yep. um, were a real feature, and he got I think both his wickets um, were Rongans, but particular Asalanka, the one that um, the, the Aussies got just before the strategic timeout. Is it called a strategic timeout? I think that's what we're, we're going with. For yeah, sure. yeah, a lot of strategy involved in it. Um, and that's a good point you made though, because um, Australia brought on Maxwell because there were two left-handers at the crease. That didn't work, so they had to bring on Zampa, even though there were two lefties. And as you said, his wrongans were landing. He was bowling beautifully. And in, in the end, it didn't matter if they were left or right. Zampa, they couldn't hit him out of the attack. Exactly right. Uh, and over after that, Stark, after getting absolutely monstered for an enormous six by Cusal Pereira, who looked to be picking up where yep. uh, where Asalanka was, um, had kind of left off, he um, he bowled him with this fantastic Yorker. If you haven't seen it yet, uh, I encourage listeners to to take a look online and to um, to wherever you get your highlights from. Uh, it was just an unreal ball. It kind of had shades of that Ben Stokes ball in the 2019 World Cup. That's what we were talking about, uh, Josh, wasn't it? Wow, beautifully. What a great response from Stark. That is superb. Just what you want. Almost a carbon copy. I mean, probably didn't swing as much as the Stokes ball no. did, but it had the same sort of impact, the defeated look on the batter's face after the stumps were shattered. It was um, quite remarkable. 100%. We didn't quite get Cusel Pereira kicking his bat across <laughs> the stumps. I'll, I'll never forget that uh, that image. But uh, what it did do was Zampa and Stark taking four for 16, uh, off 16 balls through those middle overs. It took some really good batting from um, Banuka Raja, Roger Paxa, I think I've got that one mm-hmm. right, um, done him justice. He, he batted beautifully um, to kind of get them back. And that's where I thought uh, some of the cracks reappeared a little okay, bit yeah. in terms of um, Stoinis went for 17 off his last over. He was having to bowl more because yep. Maxwell had, had obviously um, been hit out of the attack. And then it actually meant Josh Hazelwood had to bowl the last over of of the innings, which is something he doesn't do too often. I don't think he did it too much for Chennai in the recent IPL um, he did a really good job, but you know whether that's sustainable going forward against England, um, can't wait to see that coming up this Saturday. Hopefully for Australia's sake it is. It just gives them more options at the death, doesn't it? Um, but you touched on the um, part-timers. Well, we can't call them part-timers. No, Stoinis no. and Maxwell are more than that. Definitely, yeah. But Justin Langer said before the game that he expected the scores in this tournament to be a lot lower than normal 2020 matches, and so Australia were going to go batter-heavy with their selection are they maybe going to have to uh, rethink that strategy after Stoinis and Maxwell sort of showed a few um, cracks there? Yeah, much? yeah, and I wouldn't even – I might have said cracks before. Maybe cracks is maybe the wrong way of putting it because yeah. we, we shouldn't forget Maxwell That's bowled beautifully right. in that first game uh, against South Africa. His figures were very good. Um, and, you know, it, the, we might well get some, you know, spinning wickets for this game against England. So – yeah, it, it it would be a consideration though. I think for Langer and and the selectors, uh, whether they want to bring in the extra bowler, it's probably Ashton Agar, isn't it? Yeah, it, that gives so. you an extra kind of match up option with the with the left arm spin. Mitch Marsh is he bowling at the minute? What's his story? Yeah, well, I, I, he he did uh, he he did in the warm up games and he is bowling. Um, so it's another option, but it, it's probably similar to Stoinis, and I think they they just see Stoinis as maybe a, a fraction ahead of him at yep. the moment. Okay. Um, 
you could – I mean, we're going to touch on the batting now, but the batting is looking so confident at the minute that you might almost consider playing an extra bowler. Well, we didn't think we'd be saying that uh, maybe two weeks ago or no. um, before that, but the middle order's firing. Stoinis hit the winning runs for the second game in a row. And the top order, which hadn't been in the runs, well, today they were. 50 up and a fine half century for David Warner. David Warner was was electric, really. He was um, he was fantastic to watch. Uh, his pull shots, in particular, he, he just seemed to he seemed to rock back really well. He kind of found the, the fluency that um, he says he hasn't missed. He says he hasn't been out of form, um, but he just hasn't been at the crease for a long yeah. period of time. Even and even when he did, going back to the first part of the IPL, his IPL team Sunrise Hyderabad dropped him because he wasn't scoring quick enough. Um, so there's clearly some stuff for him to to kind of a, um, to work through, uh, I suppose. Um, even if he wasn't out of form, and he, he looked fantastic, and him and Finch, gee, they were just back to their best, weren't they? They certainly were. Warner said that he'd been practicing on concrete pitches. Is that something that you've heard of before? Is that a common thing for batters to do? I haven't heard many Australians doing it. I reckon I've heard of uh, – I reckon even the Sri Lankans might have done it oh, and right. maybe the Pakistanis, I've heard of them doing it when they prepare to come out to Australia because the wickets are so – or in the past have been very foreign to them in terms of the pace and bounce. So they'll kind of get on the polished concrete and oh. um, get balls skidding onto the bat. But uh, Warner's basically said that it's due to the tiredness of the practice wickets over there, yeah. which is understandable yeah. given that they've had the Indian Premier League and that's been running for, for quite a while. So – um, I guess he's saying there's a disparity between the speed of the practice wickets and the, the speed of the, right. the actual yep. um, wickets that they're playing on. Well, the Dubai wicket tonight was pretty good, I thought, mm. and uh, they scored 153, 154 Sri Lanka in their first innings. Australia got there, as I said, with three overs to spare. The crucial uh, moment in Australia's innings perhaps was a dropped catch. Warner was put down by the keeper, Kusel Pereira, on 18, and as the match panned out, that um, turned out to be pretty crucial. It was uh, it was fascinating seeing the reverse angle of this. You pointed it out to me. Can you can you describe <laughs> what uh, what kind of transpired with that? Well, it's ballooned off Warner's glove, and so it's it's looking like a pretty straightforward catch for Pereira. And the bowler's gone up to celebrate because it, it's heading for his gloves, but it it, it missed his gloves altogether, fell to the ground, and even the umpire was in the motion of putting up his finger. He and had his finger up. <laughs> he had it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if that happens a lot because we don't see the umpires all the time, but his finger was ready to trigger and then all of a sudden he had to oh, put that back away because <laughs> the catch has dropped. It was almost the uh, the itchy nose one. Yes, Slightly different yeah. circumstances, but um, BBL fans would, would know what we're talking about. If you know, you know. We're all BBL fans. And Warner, it's just an amazing record that he's got against Sri Lanka. They'll be having nightmares about him. Uh, so he made 100 not out. 60 not out, 57 not out when they were out in Australia two years ago. Uh, he added to that 65 today. So he's won for 282 <laughs> off his last 189 balls against Sri Lanka. Yeah, very solid, very solid. Yeah, I would. Uh, and, and some of the shots tonight, I mean, he nearly cleared up. Uh, was it Chimera? No, it was Kumara who he, um, who he absolutely launched a drive back at. Um, so Warner was really impressive. The other one I thought was was Aaron Finch, um, 37 of 23. He looked disappointed to get out to Hasaranga, who, who kind of hamstrung the Aussies through yeah, the middle yep. there a little bit. But um, one of the things I thought that was interesting that Warner said in his press conference the other day was that he kind of got asked, oh, is a big score around the corner? He said, yeah, I feel like it's not far off, but 
the most important thing is not necessarily a big score, but it's kind of how maybe uh, I'm paraphrasing a bit, but how quickly you get it and yeah. how do you contribute to it to a big title and team? And he kind of said, if if everyone makes thirty off twenty balls, you know, the top six does that, you, you'll make hundred and eighty in no time. So, yeah. So I, I I think from that point of view, Finch would have been really happy to have um, to have done what he did. It's a good point you make about that because one it is always going to play that same way. And I thought one of the things that really stood out to me was. His, the third ball he faced was off the mystery spinner Mahesh uh, Thikshana. There's who, no mystery spinners according to David, though. Well, that's right. And <laughs> we hadn't seen him and Warner hasn't faced him. And then the second ball that he's faced off the spinner, he's gone for the switch hit and he's hit it over what would be his third man, hmm. uh, which turned into sort of his fine leg. And that sort of set the intent, I think, for Warner because he's always going to come out and play positively. He's not someone who's going to try and take his time to find find the middle of the bat and find that form. He really played his game that was take on the bowler and don't let them settle. Big time, yeah. And, I mean, it does probably show that if you're playing reverse sweeps and stuff like that early, it probably means you're not necessarily pick him. I remember Moses Enrique said something great about how you, when you play the sweep shot, you're trying to convince the bowler that you know exactly which way it's turned <laughs> when in reality if you're yes. playing it, you, you know you, um, you're not picking it. But... Yeah, Warner was um, Warner's fantastic. Finch was a little um, – there are a few little shouts early. He hit his pads and uh, he got beaten on his inside edge um, from Karuna Ratno, who bowled a really good first over actually. Um, uh, but he, he got going and, and he was fantastic. Um, and then, yeah, the, the middle order, it's it's looking solid. Um, Maxwell didn't get any tonight, but, um, but that's okay, I, I suppose, given – um, he's in good form. Steve Smith anchored it well, and, and Stein has yep. finished off the job with um, 16 of seven balls. Marsh was dropped down to number six while he didn't bat. Um, would that be because the Australian openers went through the power play without losing a wicket, or was that just a situational thing? Why do you think he was dropped down the order? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, I presume that's exactly why, is that they've kind of earmarked Maxwell, as he probably did in the IPL for, for RCB, was any time a wicket falls after – yeah, if you lose your first mm. wicket after the power play, yeah. that's when he comes in. Um, I think that works really well. And, and Marsh is adaptable enough. Remember, he was – this that was his role, batting, you know, five, six, seven in the in the Aussie limited overs teams. And he's mm. done it quite well for the first scorchers, even just in this um, this last big bash. So – um, it, it's good having someone who's who's pretty flexible there. It's it's weird to it's weird that we're in this position that um, we kind of got got a few guys who, um, yeah, it just it just looks like we the middle order knows you know what their what their roles are. Stream in his batting, very full on and in its way unusual. Steinis again in a way that's even better. Cracking stroke, and it takes Australia to a very impressive victory. If we said they weren't convincing against South Africa... So looking ahead to England, Josh, they've got less than 48 hours' time there uh, before that game starts. They're playing in Dubai again. It's going to be a different wicket, Dave Warner said in his press conference. I think he said it might have been the closer to the other side. It looked like there was one short yep. boundary, um, square boundary today, and that might be, um, be rectified somewhat when they play England. So, uh, yeah, I, I still think the biggest question is over whether they need a especially fifth bowler. That's what Langer uh, has preferred his whole T20 coaching career. Um, that's probably the only real question for, for an Aussie team if we're, if we're nitpicking. This is going to be the big test for Australia, isn't it? I mean, most of us casual observers would have said that they should beat South Africa and they should beat Sri Lanka, but England have been really hot this tournament. They've blown away the West Indies and then they 
brushed aside Bangladesh. Um, this is going to be a fascinating contest because nobody probably expected Australia to have this form, but England, this is the form that everyone expected of them. And, yeah, it's going to be a cracking contest. Yeah, it really will be. And I think the interesting part of it is England haven't really been tested yet. They coasted against yeah. West Indies. They bowled them at 55. I know they lost a few wickets, but that was never in doubt. Uh, and then Bangladesh, they did even easier. They chased down 120, um, I think, for the loss of two wickets. Yep. Australia, on the other hand, they were, their batters were tested against South Africa. Um, and I think their bowlers were tested here against Sri Lanka. Um, both times they kind of came through that, you know, some, some guys who got put under pressure showed a bit. Um, but they've probably faced a bit more heat so far. So whether that could be a positive from Australia's point of view and that they know they've been tested. Uh, England, you know, to say they're untested would be would be false, would be wrong, and they've got a lot of uh, a lot of experience in this format. But they also do have some uh, some new faces to yep. you know to not to international cricket necessarily, but to um to that particular team. But it's funny they they've changed their team a little bit, uh, you know, on the on the eve of the, not on the eve of the tournament, but um, Chris Wokes is all of a sudden playing a really key role um, up front with the ball. Tamil Mills uh, hasn't always been part of that T20 setup uh, in recent times. Um, and Liam Livingstone has kind of been um, shoehorned into the middle order. And we know what a good player he is from the Big Bash. But, um, you know, it's not like it's, yeah, I, I wouldn't say England have shown that they're infallible yet. Okay. Okay. So there is hope for Australia after all. Oh, I think England would definitely go into it as favourites and, um, you know, should, should probably behind. India and England, uh, India and Pakistan at the moment be one of the favourites for the competition. With my uh, my tip, West Indies uh, flaming out pretty badly <laughs> in their first two games. We we might have to go back and scrub that from the record. But um, yeah, England England will go into it as favourites, and I think the Australians will probably like it that way. Well, that's a pretty good way to wrap it up. I think, Louis. Uh, thanks for tuning into this edition of the wrap up for the Unplayable podcast, and we'll catch you again after Australia's match with England in two days' time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.